I really had this mentality of, even if you don't take it away, I love you so much and I love you more than I ever thought possible. And I still want to, to know you in a deeper way, whether you take it or whether you don't or whatever happens. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. All right. Hey, everybody. We are back with another story. Oh, baby, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a great story. This is a a story that was brought to us by a friend of ours, Molly. Thank you. Shout out. Yeah, a huge shout out to Momo, um, who is also a storyteller. Yeah, we can link to Molly's story. Yeah. She shared many years ago. Many years ago. Great little story. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else would you like to say about Alicia's story? It challenged me on a lot of levels, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. So here we go. Yeah. You're listening to Alicia's story. Do not fear. I'm Alicia. I'm married to Luke. We have three kids, Shipley, London, and Morgan. The church that we're at, we we joined and became members about six years ago, seven years ago. And it has been um, a birthing place for sure for just robust growth in our lives. My husband came from a different religious background. He was Catholic for 40 years. And the Lord led me to our Bible church and he he came with me and it's been, the growth has been explosive. I can't even put it into words in the amount of time that we have, but how, what God has done in our lives. But since that time, we've both been baptized. Our middle daughter's been baptized. Our youngest is asking to be baptized. So it's just been a beautiful, beautiful journey. And through being a part of that church, God has just opened me up specifically in new ways and in massive ways. And some of that is a part of my story today. So that's kind of the the brief background. The story that happened. So April of 2022, the Lord was growing me in profound ways. I mean, I could not read enough. I could not gather enough. I could not grow enough. I was just the only way I can describe it is so hungry and so thirsty. One of the things that he put on my heart at that time was the concept of fasting. The background that I came from was not a religious background. We went to church here or there. And then I went to an all-girls private Catholic high school, but was very detached from the message or what was even being said there. And so when I started getting the concept of fasting being put on my heart, it felt very legalistic and penitential. And a friend of mine told me about a book by Stovall Weems called Awakenings. And I read that book and it opened me up to the concept that fasting is not legalistic like I thought, but that it's actually creating space for the Lord to fill. Kind of like when we tithe, you know, and we're open-handed and we we trust the Lord with what's really His anyway. So I I started to have it on my heart that I really wanted to enter into that world of fasting. So at the same time, I went for my annual breast screening and I decided instead of a mammogram this time, because I had had quite a few false positives, 
that I wanted to try something different. So I went for a thermography and thermography can read the heat sources, um, in the breasts or in the body. So it can almost sense cancer and things like that much earlier because it's picking up on the initial formations. So I got, I went for a thermography for the first time and I got the report back and to say it scared me out of my body would be an understatement. And I'm going, what is this? I mean, it picked up heat sources and they referred to it. Just, it was not good. The report was not good at all. And so I had a call with their breast specialist and she said, there's multiple areas of concerns, both breasts, lymph nodes, et cetera. And she said, your next step would be to go for an ultrasound. And so I said, okay. So I got set up with an ultrasound. It's a company that travels around called HerScan and they kind of go everywhere. And so it was, I just got an appointment really quickly. And the time that elapsed between the results of that thermography and the ultrasound was probably about a month. And so we then were in Mexico. We were in um, Playa del Carmen for a friend's vow renewal, having the time of our lives. And I'll never forget, I was on a boat and I just happened to look at my phone and my emails and I got the results of the ultrasound. And it was not good. And there were terms I had to then, of course, Dr. Google, because <laughs> I'm going, I don't know what this means. But some of the terms, for instance, were like in the lymph node area, no fatty hilum. Well, if you look at what does that mean, no fatty hilum, it's a layer around the lymph nodes that when they see that it's non-existent, that is 100% cancer indicative. And so that was how they were describing my lymph nodes and the spots that they had found in my breasts. And so it makes me emotional still because I thought, okay, I am not God. God is bigger than all of this. I cannot get worried and in fear. I have to trust God on this. And it was then that I decided, tying back in the fasting, I said, you know what? I am going to pray and I'm going to fast for the next 21 days because biblically speaking, when mountains needed to be moved, that was what people did. And so I fasted from, <laughs> it was kind of like, go big or go home. You know, I was like, I'm fasting from TV. I'm fasting from, you know, shopping. I'm fasting from food, obviously, other than, you know, enough to survive and make it for 21 days. But that was what I had on my heart. And as I did this fast, I went through this book, this, this book by Stovall Weems, really learning about and praying about just creating space for God to fill and just being willing to sacrifice those earthly pleasures and treasures, if you will, for my relationship for him, with him to expand and to come into like a new trust and a new understanding with him. So I, I prayed and I fasted, and then I was sent during this time for an MRI with contrast, which is pretty serious because once you get to that point, that's kind of where they decide, okay, what are we facing and what are we going to do about it? And so I went in for an MRI with contrast, and they said it would be about a week before I got my results, and I just continued to fast and pray, and one of my dear, dear friends was praying for me and with me and over me. and. I was even kind of preparing for the worst, if you will. But I kept hearing during that time, 
to stop worrying, to trust. I just kept hearing God in my spirit telling me, stop fearing, stop worrying. How many times do I tell you in the Bible, do not fear, do not fear. I've got this, trust me. And I, so I kept just finding this supernatural peace. Every time I would start to like feel that sick feeling of what is this going to be? What is this going to mean? I would feel this supernatural peace. And I just kept sticking with pray, meditate, pray, meditate, trust God, fast. So I just stuck with that. And a week went by and I didn't hear anything. And so I called my OBGYN, who's a friend of mine, and I said, do you have the results? I'm on pins and needles over here. And she said, oh yeah, the MRI was completely clear. There was nothing at all on it. And I, I collapsed, literally, just crying, praising. I could not believe what I was hearing. And I said, how is that possible? I saw all those scans. I saw the thermography scan. I saw the ultrasound scans. Ultrasounds don't lie. You know, um, some people may or may not believe in thermography, but ultrasounds are very standard of care and they do not lie. She said, I don't know. I really don't know what to tell you, but it was completely clear. There's nothing. And oh, by the way, you only have a 7% chance of breast cancer. And I called my friend Molly, who had been praying for me. And I told her and she cried and I cried. And she said, you, that's a miracle. You've been given a gift of healing and the enemy's going to try to tell you that that's not what it was, or it was, it was a false reading on the ultrasound, or it was this, or it was that. But she said, we know what that was. We know that was the Lord. And I, I, to this day, it almost seems surreal. It was really mind blowing that God would show up in that way for me. And, um, I almost don't have words. It's almost, it's still, you know, two, well, let's see, it was not quite two years ago, this many years later. It's still surreal to me that it was just, it was over, it was done. Scan was clear, you're good. And then I went for my annual ultrasound this last summer thinking, well, I don't know. I was still doubting. Can you believe that? In my head, I was thinking, well, you know, they didn't have the former scan to compare it to. So I'm probably going to have to go through all this again and just, you know, like doubting Thomas. And so I went to my uh, ultrasound this year and then I just kind of let it go. And I said, I'm not even going to give this a second thought. I'm just going and I'm going to move on with my life. And the results were completely clear. There's nothing there, nothing that was there the year before. The same company, the same scan, everything. And it was not one thing that showed up the year before was there. And that was a moment where I went, I can't even, I can't even verbalize how great our God is, you know? And for me, it was such a moment of growth in my faith because, you know, we hear and we say, oh, God can do anything. God can move mountains. Faith the size of a mustard seed. You know, and sometimes I think there's a tendency to think, well, he used to do that. You know, that was, that was biblical stuff. He used to do that in the Bible, but he doesn't do that now. You know, um, maybe not for other people, but for me, I've had that tendency in the past to have thought that before this happened. 
I think I used to also think that my prayer had to be fancy, you know, had to sound a certain way. It had to have the right elements. And I can tell you firsthand, I bumbled my way through, (laughs) through that period. Sometimes it was just, please, God, help me. You know, sometimes it was, please let me stay here for my kids. No, I have three little kids. Please don't take me away from me. And sometimes it was, take my fear, God. Please take my fear. That was a lot. Just please take my fear and help me just to be present to one, to each moment of each day as it comes. So there was, there was no formula. And the fasting, I didn't even do that perfectly. <laughs> I got hungry a couple times. <laughs> You know, I didn't even do that perfectly. And I was like, I have got to have a protein shaker. I might, I feel like I might just die. (laughs) But I think it's about our hearts. It really, I think it's about our posture of our hearts. I really learned in that time that he's not a formulaic God, you know, where he's keeping score. Did I say the right words or did I, did you eat a carrot? the whole thing's off. You know what I mean? It was, my heart was like, God, I'm so willing to give up my comforts just to know you better. And it was more of a, I trust that if I take a step back from these things that I'm relying on to provide me comfort, and I try my very hardest to just rely on you, that you will supernaturally fill that space in ways that I never could have imagined or wrapped my brain around. And I just kept trusting that. And, and now looking back, I feel so strongly like he, he knew my heart. You know, he knew how desperately I just wanted to like know him better. And I really had this mentality of, even if you don't take it away, I love you so much and I love you more than I ever thought possible. And I still want to, to know you in a deeper way, whether you take it or whether you don't or whatever happens. And I'm not always like that. (laughs) You know, I never thought I would be a person who got to experience that gift and God's grace in that way. And so, yeah, when I went this year for the scan and there was not one area of concern. One year later, I knew this was, this was complete healing. And um, my faith, like I said, my faith grew leaps and bounds to know that He really is the God of miracles. All right, so that was Alicia's story. What um, what would you like to say about Alicia's healing and her journey through fasting? Oh, well, I like that you posed the question like that um, because I do have thoughts about it. And as she was sharing um, how she didn't do anything perfectly, she didn't fast perfectly, she didn't pray perfectly, she kind of fumbled her way through both bits 
one, it made me cry. And two, um, just because I cried because I, it resonated, you know, um, her, her like very humble, very pure, uh, prayers and requests of the Lord of, I have kids. I want, I want to grow. I want to grow old with my kids while they grow old. Um, and just take this, um, or help me. Cancer is so scary. Mm. I think it creates a lot of fear, anxiety for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think part of the beauty of her story is that she was efforting through, I think fasting is a resource Mm. for us, a, Mm -hmm. a gift to us. It's a, it's making space for God to intervene, reminding uh, yourself of what is true, that, hey, there is a God who sustains, a God who provides, a God who fights our battles, a God who's making a way, a God who has plans to prosper me, to give me a future and a hope. Fasting is, is space to realign your thinking with this God that we, we long to know. Yeah. Um, and I think it it makes room to just say, teach me, show me. Like it's an outward act of drawing near to the Father, right? Of being mm-hmm. like extremely intentional of drawing near. So regarding a good father, I was been learning this principle about um, that's found in the Bible where it says if this is true, how much greater is this? Um, and and the, the emphasis is not on the first truth, the emphasis on the second truth. So Jesus says, if you being wicked give your mm. kids uh, good gifts, how much more will your perfect father mm. give good gifts? So it, it's not that we're, the emphasis isn't like, oh, we're crappy uh, <laughs> and we're wicked. It's like if we are if we give gifts good gifts to our kids, how much more mm. will a loving father give good gifts to his kids? And that's the emphasis. It's on the goodness of the father's gifting. Mm. And I think that's the healthiest perspective. I want to aim for healing. I want to aim for a loving father who has good gifts for me. But at the end of the day, I'm going to leave the results and expectations to him. Mm. what that looks like mm-hmm. and if I still get cancer if this something doesn't work out the way that I hope I, I still have a closer relationship with Jesus right I mean that's to me that's that's the goal that's the Is goal <laughs> and you don't really know you, that may sound good now but until you walk through the fire Ooh. you don't really know what what your faith is made of yeah well, and I, and I, I think even you're saying that until you walk through the fire, you don't really know what your faith is made of. Um, and that makes me think of, you know, oftentimes um, people will associate um, your level of faith with healing. And I mean, God's just saying, look at me, turn to me, know me whether your faith is great or small, come to me. I am the place of rest. And 
I think that when it comes to healing, oftentimes people are told uh, the reason God isn't moving is because you don't have enough faith. And I think that's so dangerous because it wasn't about her level of faith. She had the faith to go to the Father for something that she didn't understand or something that she needed. And he then grew her faith from that place of wanting intimacy with him. It was never about where her faith level was. It was always about her desiring more of God and just being real and honest with him. And isn't that what a good father would do, right? Oh, you came to me with a, a desire to be healed and, um, you were honest, but you didn't really believe I could do it or you didn't really believe I would do it. So therefore your faith just wasn't big enough. Your faith was lacking. I don't hear a good father saying that. It does. Um, when you present it like that, it does make some of the theological paradigms around healing sound uh, kind of gross. But still, you got to grapple with the people that aren't that aren't yeah. healed. Uh, hey, I mean, we just told listen. two stories. We last week was a story of Alicia. She doesn't get healed. This week, Alicia. She does get healed. Um, that was just a, a completely unplanned uh, to have this juxtaposition of these two Alicias. And you grapple with the why. And the and faithful believers. Both, both very faithful. Following hard. Right. Pursuing God. Right. Um, that's... Uh, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, what do you do with that? That that is the mystery of God that we do not yet understand. But our lack of understanding doesn't make him any less good. We don't our understanding or lack thereof doesn't determine God's goodness. Never has, never will. We just like to think that it does. What do you mean? Look, either my God is big and good, whether my back gets healed or not, or he isn't. Right. Whether I've partnered with this or that or whatever, who knows what is going on behind all of our trials? We don't know. Right. And and again, that is where we sit with the wrestling of I want answers. I'm not going to get them. And the funny thing is, is I think we often go, oh, well, when I get to heaven, I have some questions for God. I think when we get to heaven, we are going to drop to our knees in awe of his magnificence. And every question we ever once had will just fall away. Yeah, I'd be like, well, that was kind of a dumb question. <laughs> no, no, never mind that one. <laughs> never mind, Lord. <laughs> or like, what, what what you are so glorious. What was I even I did I have a question? I don't think I had a question. No, no questions here. No. Yeah. Carrying on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So I think 
that's probably as far as we need to go. I mean, we don't we don't like tension. No. And, and we, we don't like not knowing. We, Surely we can still figure it out. Everybody, everybody who is trying to help somebody, generally, 99% of the people want to have an answer. When somebody is struggling, you want to give them some sort of answer. It's really well, because difficult to, to not have something that you can offer them. Right, because we want more for them. We want better for them. We want to help. We care enough to want to see them healed or to help them in some way, right? We desperately want that for them. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't go our way, it doesn't make our desires or our wantings any less good. So maybe ultimately what God is saying is, is, I see you, I hear you, I love you, and I have given you my son, mm. and he's the answer. He's mm. the final word. His life he's the gift. laid down. He's the gift. And sometimes there are manifestations of that gift that are miraculous. Sometimes there are manifestations of that gift that we will not see until we are face to face. Yeah, that's that? it. So, uh, Alicia, mm. thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for your vulnerability. We hope that you would share your story more often. Yeah. Or just use this, your new resource. Maybe a little tool. <laughs> yeah, your new uh, edited uh, story to distribute to the people that um, need to hear it. Yeah. Oh, this, this story really was such a gift um, because as we parsed it all out. Um, I feel like the Lord taught me something. So thanks, Alicia. All right. We love you guys. Have a great week. With every episode, we encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.